We're in a series called Frequency, a series called Frequency. We've been talking about hearing the voice of God, really getting in tune with hearing God's voice. And you know, one of the greatest, probably the greatest uh, question asked statistically amongst Christians and amongst believers uh, is about the voice of God. Things like, how do I know God's speaking? How do I know he's talking to me? How do I know it's the voice of God? How, how do I recognize God's voice? Does God really speak? There's all these questions amongst believers and Christians. And so what we've been doing in this last month is we've just kind of been breaking down really uh, the things about the voice of God for one, to al allow us to know that he speaks, but then also to help us know that he's desiring to speak to us and how do we hear him. First week we talked about preparing our hearts. How do we prepare our hearts to really hear God's voice? God can be speaking, but if we're not prepared to hear, we won't hear him. So how do we prepare our hearts to really hear him? Uh, the week after that we talked about, you know, who does God speak to? Who is it that he specifically speaks to? And then last week we talked about why does he speak? Why does God, the creator of the universe, desire to speak to you and I? I would encourage you, um, if you've missed one of those, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those. They, they, they were really great messages, and it's not just because I preached them. You know what I'm saying? They've been ministering to me. God's been speaking to me through them. And so I would encourage you really to, to dive into that because I know this. I know God desires to speak to his people. We serve a speaking God. In John chapter 10, really, we get a text from the whole series, verse 3. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When, he has brought all of his, out, all, when he's brought all out on his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from, away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. It shows us here, Jesus is talking. He says, listen, he says, uh, the sheep, they recognize his voice. Not only do they recognize his voice, they hear his voice. Not only do they hear his voice, but they follow his voice. It shows me this, is as Christians, we are unable to follow Christ the way that we are supposed to if we're not able to hear his voice. And so it's important for us to hear his voice. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 8, it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What does this show us? It shows us that God is speaking. He's saying, he's not talking about natural ears. He's talking about spiritual ears. He, he who has ears to hear, let him hear the word of God. And what does this show us? That God does not have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem, and we have to get in line to hear his word. And so really, that's what this series has been all about. It's been really uh, diving in and saying, okay, we know God is speaking, and so we want to get in line to really, really hear his voice. Today I want to talk to you just for a moment on the topic of how do we recognize God's voice. If we know God speaks, we know who he speaks to, we know why he speaks, well how do I then, if I know he speaks to me, how do I recognize that it's God's voice? In the first week of this series, we talked about there's four voices in our lives. There's the enemy's voice, there's others' voices, the, the culture, the society, the world, their friends, there's others around us' voice, there's our own self-voice, our self-talk in our own heads, and then there's God's voice. How do we really recognize which voice is God's voice amongst all those voices? Because I will tell you this, God is speaking, but so is everybody else around us. So is the enemy, so is self-talk. Come on, somebody. Sometimes, most of the time, our worst enemies are us. It's our own heads, you know what I'm saying? And so how do we really recognize God's voice? I'm glad you asked, 
because we're going to break that down today. First John chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. It shows us right here, okay, do not believe every spirit, do not believe every voice. It's showing us that there are other voices around us. And he's saying, listen, I want you to test it. I want you to really understand and, and evaluate it. Why? So that you know whether that voice is from God or from something else or someone else in your life. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, it says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. There are many voices in our culture and our society and even in ourselves that we think that could seem right, but that leads to destruction. You ever thought you were doing something right in your own head and end up causing you shame and guilt and condemnation? It caused you to live in a way you never thought you would live. What is that? It's because we've allowed ourselves to hear a voice and recognize a voice and follow a voice that was not God's because God's voice always leads us to life. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 3. How do we recognize God's voice? Some Pharisees came to him, this is Jesus, to test him. They asked, is it, it is, lawful, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And Jesus replied, haven't you read? Haven't you read? How do we really recognize God's voice? Jesus shows us this. The very first thing we should do, the question we should ask, the way we evaluate, the way we test the, vo the voices in our lives is this. Does it line up with God's word? If you are hearing God's voice, the first question we should ask ourselves, if I hear God's voice, if I feel like I'm hearing him, and I'm not necessarily always talking about it audibly, but God could be speaking to your heart, and the Holy Spirit could be speaking to your heart. It is, does this and, and is this lining up with God's word? I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this. God's voice will never contradict God's word. His voice will never contradict his word. Why? Because his word is his voice. The, I, I tell it all the time. I tell people, you've probably heard me. I even said probably this series. Like, if you haven't been hearing God, then read God. Why? Because it's his voice. The voice of God is literally in every page. And so we have to use this as a way to evaluate, okay, I'm hearing God speak. Is this what it is? Is it in this scripture? I had someone say, you know, before, you know, I just feel like, you know, God's been speaking to me and it's time for me to leave my wife and be with my lover. Hate to tell you, buddy, that's not God's voice. You may have heard God's voice, but you may have heard a voice, but you didn't hear God's voice. Why? Because that don't line up with this. You may have never read this. You're like, oh, well, yeah, but that's for some people. Like, that's not for me. No, 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 no. We, we read the whole scripture from front to back. We don't add to it or take away from it. It's all in here for me. It's all in here for you. His voice starts with us being able to figure out what it is. It starts with reading this and knowing this because his voice will never contradict his word. This is why I'm telling you, this is why culture has gotten so far away from wanting us to read the scripture. Because if we don't read the scripture, then we don't know truth. And if we don't know truth, then we can, we can start to create our own truth. You ever heard the phrase, oh, follow your truth? Oh, that's not my truth. Oh, no, that's not my truth. Well, I hate to tell you, if it's your truth, it ain't truth. That's just not it. That's not what it is. The truth is the word of God. The Bible says that Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And it starts with us understanding. If I'm hearing God's voice in my heart, if I feel like God's telling me to do something, does it line up with the word? His word will never contradict. His voice will never contradict his word. 
It's so important that we would be a people that really dive into the word. I know I've talked a lot about the word this series, but it's so vital because I'm telling you, as we study this, as we become studiers, not just readers, but studiers of the word, God will speak to us. It's the only book on this planet that is alive. I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were, we were sharing about how the Word of God, literally, it's always speaking to us. You can read the same thing, and 17 times you can, you can read the same verse, and 17 times you can hear something different. There, I hate to tell you, you go read Harry Potter, you're going to read the same thing. Oh, well, I'm going to read Harry Potter, such a good book. No, it ain't. But if, if you think it is, oh, Harry Potter, such a great, I'm going to read Harry Read it 17 times. Well, guess what? The 17th time, it's going to say the same thing. Why? Because that book's not alive. But when we read this, it's alive. Why? Because as we read it, God speaks to our very situation and our circumstance. That's why it's so vital that we would be studiers of the word. Why? Because our voices and all the things around us, we can, can be speaking. But I have to go back. Does it line up with, with the truth of what God says in his word? Because if it does line up, it's probably God. If it doesn't, it, it ain't God. God's voice will never contradict his word. Isn't it interesting here in this scripture that the disciples, I mean, I'm sorry, the Pharisees are talking with Jesus. The Pharisees in this time knew the Bible more than anybody else. The Pharisees were studiers. They would be what we consider theologians, if you will, of the word. They knew every scripture. They could quote it. They knew it from front to back. They knew everything about the scripture. Isn't it interesting that they knew the scripture, and yet they still took the scripture out of context to try to justify what they wanted to ask Jesus. It shows me this, that if we desire to, and this is where we have to be careful, we have, if we desire to, we can quickly take scripture out of context to justify why we're living why we're living. See, what we want to do is we say, oh, I hear the voice of God. God told me to marry this person. God told me to, to take this job. God told, God told me to do this. And we're, like, people, and, and we're like, ah, somebody says, I don't know. Like, you need to really read the scripture. And so you go find a verse out of context to justify why we desire to do it. And so here's what happened. Oh, the Bible says it, so let's do it. But Jesus quickly says, no, haven't you read? Meaning this, he wants you to understand. He wants us to understand. Okay, we want to take in the whole counsel of the word. I'm not just going to pick and choose one verse here or there. I'm going to take in the whole counsel. Why? Because the whole counsel is the context of what it's saying. And so now I understand it and I can read it. We can't just go Google, what does it say about dot, 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 and read one verse and then think that's what it says. No, read in the context of what it's saying. That's what the scripture, really, if you, if you get theologically about it, it's talking about the whole counsel of the word. It's where we read it and we read it in context. And so from there, then we walk it out and live it. I would encourage you, be careful to read a verse and say, Okay, that's the verse. Okay, that's what it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live this way. No, read the whole context of where it's coming from and then walk out what God is saying in your life. I heard someone tell me, uh, I heard someone say one time, you know, they said, you know what? I know I've read the scripture and I know that there are no women in heaven. He said, I've read the scripture. There's not going to be any women in heaven. I was like, where did you read that, brother? I would love to know. He said, I'm telling you, no women, no women, all of heaven, there ain't not one woman. I say, brother, I'd love for you to show me the scripture. He goes to Revelation, and Revelation, it says, you know, for, the Bible says that Jesus uh, the, the opens the, the seventh uh, scroll, and then for 30 minutes, there's silence. He said, ain't no woman gonna be in there if there's 30 minutes of silence. 
And then a woman said, and ain't gonna be no pastors or preachers either because they can't stop talking either. So guess what? Ain't no women and ain't no pastors, praise God. Obviously, being silly, but here's what it is. That's taking that scripture completely out of context. And so obviously it's a joke, but here's what it is. We can quickly do that with our lifestyle if we're not careful. That's why it's important. Okay, I hear the voice of the Lord, yes. Okay, so now I want to see, does it contradict the the Bible? If it doesn't, okay, I want to read the whole context of what the word is saying so that I can now live out and walk out what it's saying and be able to follow his voice according to his purpose and his plan, not my purpose or my plans. Does his word contradict, does his voice contradict his word? If not, okay, now I want to read it in context because I don't want to take it out of context because if we do that, it can quickly cause us to create opinions for ourselves. You know, people often ask as pastors and, you know, been in ministry for a while and they'll say, well, what's your thoughts or opinions on dot, 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 dot? Like, what are, what are your opinions? You know, culture's kind of coming against some of what the Bible says, and like, like it's, it's kind of like there's some gray areas. Like, what are your opinions? Like, what's your opinions on this? Well, I hate to tell you, there, my, no, my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. It's what the Word says. My opinion, the Word always overrides my opinion. The word always overrides all of our opinions. And so it's not about, okay, what do you think? It's like, okay, let's go back to what Jesus says. What does the word say? Haven't you read? It's not, okay, what do I think? It's what does he say? Make sense? It's all right? Everybody all right? So serious. But it's important that we would say, okay, we want to be studiers. This is why it, it gets to this place in our in our hearts where it's not, okay, I just have to read the Bible and I have to because I'm, no, it's I desire to. Why? Because as I read the word, I hear his voice one, but then I'm able to accurately walk out the way that he desires for me to live. You're hearing God's voice in your life. You're at, God speaks to you in your heart. You think it's him. The first question, how do you recognize that? If it's him or something else, does it line up with the word? Secondly, in Philippians chapter two and verse five, it says, in your lives, you must think and act like Christ. You must think and act like Christ. James chapter 3 and verse 17 and 18, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then, and then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Here's what I know if you're trying to recognize the voice of God. One, it'll line up with the scripture, but then two, the question we must ask is this voice, does it make me more like Christ? Does it make me more like Christ? Philippians 2, 5, it says, in your lives, you must think and act like Christ. And then in James, we just read, it shows us what it desire. Wisdom comes from heaven. That's the voice of God. And then it makes us peace-loving. First of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, partial, and sincere. It's Christ-like. We are to be people as we walk out and live our lives, as we're hearing the voice of God. How do we recognize it? Okay, does it line up with the word? But then two, as I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about this, does this make me more like Christ? If this does not make me more like Christ, this is not God's voice in my life. God's voice will always lead us to be more like Christ. That's what his voice, one of the reasons why he speaks to us, to help us lead us to be more like him in our lives. And so here's what it is. The question we ask, does it, does it help me uh, to, to be more like Christ? Well, this relationship, it, it's kind of up and down. And like, you know, we've kind of gotten into some things we shouldn't have got into. But, you know, I really feel like God told me she's the one. 
oh, God really told me he's the one. And here's what happened. You can use the God card and then we'll get you to the place where you think it's right. But is it making you more like Christ? If that relationship is hindering you from Christ, that's not God's voice in your life. <gasps> How could you say that? That is so harsh. It's what the Bible says. The Bible says that his word, his voice, it leads us to be living and wanting to desire to be more like Christ. There's this concept we, we call salvation. Many of you know it, it's where we, we accept Christ in our hearts and we believe in our lives that he's Lord and we ask for forgiveness. And the Bible says that then we, want, we are then saved. We have received salvation. It's a free gift. But then after that, there's something, if you want to get the theological term, it's called sanctification. Sanctification is this ongoing life, lifestyle process of becoming more like Christ in our lives. It's this ongoing process. It's this choice that we make to be more like Christ. His voice is here to help us to become more sanctified today than we were yesterday. The question that we have to ask ourselves is the voices that we're hearing. Is this leading me to be more like Christ? Is this, is God told me, you know, I'm supposed to minister to some friends in the clubs. And so I'm supposed to be in the clubs. No, no, no. I hate to tell you, the club ain't making you more like Christ. Club ain't making you think more like Christ. I ain't never been in a club and thought, mm, I want to be like Jesus. I guess I'm the only one, praise God. The rest of y'all must be Jesus. You're in a relationship that's not positive and not healthy. It's not making you think, oh, I want to be more like Jesus. Here's what it is. It's causing us because we're allowing ourselves to listen to our own voices and our own processes. It's causing us to live a life that's outside of God's will and we're not living like Christ. It's because we're not allowing ourselves to question, is this voice that I'm hearing that's telling me to go and do this or telling me to act like this or telling me to walk out this, is it, cause, is it from God or is it from myself causing me to be negative about something or someone in my life the voice of God will always lead us to be more like Christ that's in things like attitudes that's in things like decision making that's in things like like uh, like uh, choices and all the things that we have that's what it is listen this is what I know about our lives like as we walk out and live God says okay well you know what I feel like I'm supposed to I'm supposed to go here I'm supposed to do that and then we're negative about it the whole time well that's not being Christ-like just because we're doing something doesn't mean that we're having the right attitude about it God could have you somewhere for a season and or, or maybe you think it's it's God or it's not God and you're trying to navigate that well I do know this that we should be a people that say I desire to be Christ-like where I am and so as I do that I'm going to hear God's voice and my attitudes are going to change about my surroundings around me does that make sense does it make me more like Christ how do I really recognize God speaking? I know that he wants to speak to me. How do I recognize it? One, does it line up with the word? Two, does it make me more like Christ? Three, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15, it says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 20 and 21, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's interesting that as we get older, that we get to the place where we lose the heart or the need we think for advice and discipline. 
The scripture says right here in Proverbs chapter 19, it says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And then 12, 15, it says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. How do I really recognize God's voice? I have to know that first, does it line up with the word? Two, does it make me more Christ-like? And then three, does, it, does, does godly a counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? Here's what I know. And I know this may be so basic for some people, and this may be an elementary message for you, but I just want to help us all as Christians really walk out and live, and hearing his voice and following his voice. And I know how do we do that, but we have to line it up with the word. We have to say, does it make me more like Christ? And then three, we have to have godly counsel around us. It says right here, the way of fools seems right. There's this, this phrase, and many of you probably have heard it. It's this phrase of follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. If your heart tells you, just follow it. I hate to tell you, your heart will lie to you. I know my heart will lie to me. Come on, somebody. Your heart lies to you. It's, that's not what it is. It's I need people around me because it says the way of a fool seems right. If I just follow my heart, I'm foolish. I have to get people around me, wise counsel, and say I need advice in lifestyles and situations and choices. Why? Because I want to make sure that I'm living a life and I'm hearing the voice of God correctly, and so I need counsel around me. How do I know if what God is saying in my heart is really God? Here's what I know. It has to line up with godly counsel in our lives. There should be four groups of people or that are godly counsel in our lives. Now, again, we get to the stage in our lives, and it's interesting, and I guess it's because we just feel like we've matured as adults, that we may not be getting disciplined as, like your parents did when you were younger. But here's what happens. We get to the stage where we feel like we don't need advice at all or we don't need counsel at all. Or we think we'll go to people for advice and we'll take it as opinions, so I'm asking you for advice, and then when I ask you if I don't like it, I'll go find somebody else because I don't like what you said to me. That's not receiving advice. That's wanting someone's opinion and trying to find someone that can help us justify why we're living while we're living. Does that make sense? So we have to have godly counsel in our lives. Why? Because God desires for us to be people to know that none of us are mature enough to be able to walk out on this earth, in this life, without others around us. He puts others around us to help us with godly counsel, to hear his voice, to really navigate his voice and be able to confirm his voice in our lives. Who are those four people? I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna let you know, okay? I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor. And so they're all P's just to help you remember because it helps me remember, okay? The first P, and these, these are not necessarily in order, but I'm gonna give them to you. And the first one is in order. The first one, the question I have to ask myself if I'm hearing the voice of God, one, does it line up with the peace of God in my life? Do I have peace about this situation? The Bible says in Philippians chapter four and verse six, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Okay, I'm asking God about this. Then, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, God leads me with his peace. So here's what it is. If I'm praying for something in my life and I'm asking God for something, I'm wondering, God, is this the step you want me to take? Is this the person you want me to marry? Is this the job you want me to take? Whatever it is. Okay, first of all, do I have peace about this situation? If there's no peace, it's not God. God is not the God of confusion, okay? If so if there's confusion, it's not God. I know to remove it from my life, it's not it. Now, let me stop and pause and say this. When we say peace, peace is not the absence of risk, okay? Peace is not the absence of faith, okay? The Bible says that God gives us faith, and without faith, it's impossible to please God, 
Okay, so just because I have peace does not mean God's not going to ask me to have faith and step out. And that may cause me to be uncertain. That's not what we're talking about. It's this. It's even though that there is uncertainty, I have a peace that God's leading me in this situation. Does that make sense? So important. Okay, so the first question I ask myself, okay, do I have peace about this? If I don't have peace about this, then I immediately know I'm removing this from my life. This is not the voice of God. For those that are young people and you're dating someone, you're thinking about dating someone, you're thinking about marrying, you want to be with them. If there's no peace in the relationship and you can be like, oh, no, there's a lot of peace. No, you know. Like, you know when you're in the relationship, if there's red flags and something should check in your heart, if there's no peace, here's what it is. God's wanting you to remove yourself from that relationship. <gasps> That's so mean. I'm sorry, it's just what it is. I'm not God, he is. He's gonna lead you with peace. Then from there, and these three are not really in order, but then, okay, the first one's peace, and the second one is peers, godly peers in our lives. Who are the men and women in your life that know you, and know you. Now, when I say that, I mean know you, K-N-O-W-U, meaning know you. Here's what I know. We can, you, a lot of people know us, but they don't know us. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, they know you. Like, hey, bro, what's up, bro? Yeah, my dog, yeah. Uh, cool, man. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, you and your girls. Like, hey, you know, whatever you do, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Just because we know each other doesn't mean someone really knows us. Knows the thought processes and knows the temptations and knows the negative things. No, who in your life knows you? And then who in your life knows you and owes you? Who in your life can look at you and say, that's not right. That's not, that's not God. Nope, that's not, you're thinking wrong. Nope, that's negative. Nope, you shouldn't be saying that about your spouse. Or nope, who in your life? And here's the thing. The Bible says, again, you're like, oh, well, that, that's just me. God just convicts me. No, no, no. The Bible says that there's wisdom and safety found in a multitude of counsel. Who are the people around me that know me and know me? Because here's what I know. If there's nobody in my life that knows me or can know me, I know that I'm walking in pride. Who in my life knows me? And again, we're adults, and so we're like, oh, well, you know, I'm just trying to navigate. No, no, no. God creates relationships around us to get us, to help us, to know us and know us. Why? Because this can help navigate his voice in our lives. And I would encourage you, and this is what I know some friends as I've grown up with, you know, we can quickly use the God card. Oh, well, God told me I'm supposed to take this job. Well, if you use the God card, or, oh, God told me I'm supposed to marry this person. Well, if you use the God card, now you're saying that you have to override what God said. That's not what, that's not what this is. When you're with your peers, here's what it should be. Hey, I've been praying about this, and I feel like God is speaking to me, but I need you to help me with that. Navigate with me. What do you think? I want you to go and pray. I want you to go and see God. Navigate this with me so that we can really walk out and live. I want to live the way that God wants me to live. I want to hear his voice. So pray with me. Here's what I know. Every one of us in this room watching online, we should have, and it doesn't have to be a large group. There should be two or three males. You should have men in your life. Ladies, you should have females in your life. Two or three people that know us and know us. And your spouse is a great peer for those that are married. Your spouse is a great peer to have someone that can know you and know you. That should be the first bounce off. But then it can't stop at just your spouse. 
Here's reasons why. Because sometimes your spouse is kind of going through the same thought process as you are. Because y'all are both in the same situation in the same season. And so you need men, fellas, not a woman. Because let me tell you something. You're like, oh, well, girls are just, I just relate better with girls. I bet you do. I, be, I bet you do. I bet you it's real easy for you to relate to girls. That's not what we're doing here. Why? Because if you get into deep thought processes and heart conditions with another female, the opposite sex, that creates emotional attachments. Now it becomes emotional attachments. And here's what I know. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to preach to you for a second. If there's an emotional attachment, at some point it will become an official, a physical attachment. Is this too serious? It's the truth. I'm sorry. It's the truth is serious sometimes. Who in your life, and ladies, same thing, who in your life are other women? You're like, oh, well, it's so hard for me to open up. And men, for us, it's a little more difficult. Uh, but here's what it is. That's fine. It may be difficult for you. It may be difficult for me, but we got to figure it out. Because if we really want to walk out and live and according to God's purposes and plans, we have to have men around us. And ladies, you have to have ladies around you that you can bounce things off of. And they're there because they love you. Not because they're jealous of you, not because you're jealous of them. There should be two or three people, and we all have them. Like people you know, they're your rider dies. They know you, got, they, you, you have their backs. You know that they're praying for you. You know they believe in you no matter what. You know that they got you. They got you. Okay, so that's the case. I have these people. If you don't, then we need to get you joined in a small group. This is why small groups are so important. Small groups aren't just so that we can just have something else to do. Like, like everybody in this room and online isn't busy enough. Like, let's add one more thing to our plates to do something else. No, we do this because we know the importance of godly counsel in our lives. And without godly counsel, we can quickly make foolish decisions, even though we may have grown, grown up in church and fear, feel, feel spiritually mature. That's not what it is. Spiritual maturity is not a feeling. Spiritual maturity is a group of people around me that are navigating walking with me to help me walk out according to his purpose and his plan in my life. Who in your life, who in your life, who in your life, who in your life, who in your life knows you and knows you. You could be 18 in this room. You could be 85 in this room. All of us need the same. We need godly counsel in our lives. We need peers that we can look to that can help us navigate the relationships around us and the voices with us, in us because we know God is desiring to speak to us in our lives. The peace of God, the peers in our lives. Thirdly, pastors in your life pastors. Now I know I'm, the, I'm a pastor, so it's like you're just talking about yourself. Well, here's what I believe. I'm just going to very, very quickly talk about this. Every, every person on the planet should have a pastor. And what I mean by a pastor is I'm not, not, not just a buddy-buddy. Like buddy-buddies are great, but who in your life is helping pastor and navigate situations in your life? And here's what I know about pastors. I, even I, Ashley and I, we have pastors. Like every pastor should have a pastor. Every person should have a pastor. Who is pastoring your soul? Who is pastoring you to the place of where you, you know what, they know me. But then they're, and again, the peers are kind of the, the thing you can go to before the pastor. Then, okay, the peers feel good about this. And I did this, I do this with all decisions. I did this with marriage, with Ashley. I even did this with moving to Tallahassee. In fact, believe it or not, my pastor was the first one to say, I don't feel good about New Orleans. We, I talked to you a little bit about last week about how God was, I felt God was calling me to once. He was the first one. I never felt bad about it. He was the first one that said, let's pray some more about that. And I was like, you're not hearing God. It shows how, what kind of pastor you are. You're far from God. You're not hearing the whisper. But here's what it is. Oftentimes, let me just talk to you. Oftentimes, people go to pastors 
and they're, they're seeking advice on a major decision. And oftentimes, this is what it is. And, I, and the, he, he taught me this. My pastor taught me this. Oftentimes, it's they go to pastors because they're looking for someone to bless what they've already decided in their heart. They're not looking for advice on the situation. They're not looking for a yes or no. They're looking for someone to say, go and do so that they can have the spiritual backing to feel good about what it is. This is how it was for me. I was going to a pastor, and no joke, he had taught me this before. So I'd, I walked into his office. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is a true story. I walked into his office, and I said, I'm not saying this is God. I'm, I'm saying I feel like God is starting to speak to me about planning a church, and I feel like it's New Orleans. But here's what I want. I want you to help me navigate that. I'm not coming to you saying, bless this. I'm coming to you saying, pray about this. Because here's what I know. Oh, my goodness, here's what I know. I never want to be prideful enough to think that God speaks to only me about me. I'll say it again for you, praise God, because I felt like that was kind of good. I never want to be prideful enough to think that God speaks to only me about me. God is bigger than just me. And so if he's confirming in my heart, guess what he's going to do? He's confirming people around me in my pastor's heart. And he was the one that said, why don't you check out Tallahassee? I was like, no, that's not God. Started praying about it. Next thing you know, well, yep, it is God. Praise God. Well, here's what it was. That never would have happened if Ashley and I would not have been willing to say, okay, we want to submit this to our pastors. Why? Because we know God speaks to you, and we want you to help us navigate what God is doing. You want to hear the voice of God. Is it leading you with peace? Is there peers around you? Godly conversation? So they're helping you. Is there pastors in your life? They're helping lead you and guide you. And then lastly, as we close today, is there parents in your life? The parents in your life. How do we really navigate the voice of God? Does it line up with his word? Not only does it line up with his word, but is it making me more like Christ? If it's not making me like Christ, it's not God. But then also, is there a godly counsel around me? And do they agree with me? Not just around me, do they agree with me? Woe is me that I would make a decision with, uh, uh, on my own and when godly counsel around me doesn't feel good about it. Because I know if God's speaking to me, he's gonna speak to them. If he's confirming to me, he's gonna confirm in them. And if there's flags and red flags in them, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna wait. You don't feel good about it? That's all good. Because here's what I know. God's bigger than my own feelings and their feelings. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna trust God. But then, la- then in that, it's peace, there's peers, there's pastors, but there's also parents. And what I say by this, and I'm not just talking about Christian parents, for those that have Christian parents. I'm not just talking about parents if you're still in the home and you're a college student. Talk about all of us in the room that are, have, have a mom or a dad that are still alive. Those people were put on this planet from God for us. That God blessed us with those parents. Okay, so here's what I know. Like, oh, well, they don't know God. They don't know the Bible. They don't read the Bible. They don't know scripture. Okay, well, here's what I know. We're talking about godly counsel. Just because they may not be close with God doesn't mean that God does, can't speak and use them through you. Why? Because God has given them wisdom. Why? Because they've walked with you for so many years. The only way I would say this one gets scratched off is if your parents or literally their advice is to get into sin. If they're telling you to sin and run away from God, then yes, you would scratch that advice. But as far as if it's just a parent that maybe doesn't serve God or maybe not as close to God as you feel like they should be, does not mean that their advice should not be put into play. I did it. I did it with my, my parents. But the funny thing is my mom came to me and said, you better, told me you better marry Ashley before I said I was going to marry Ashley. She came to me and she said, you better marry that girl. I was like, okay. 
Here's what it is. God's going to put people in your life because he wants us to be vulnerable, but then also he wants us to be able to navigate the, his voice in our lives. And for those of, that are moms in the room and watching online, I, I, would, I would encourage you, no better message to preach on Mother's Day because I know this. God speaks through your moms. God speaks to your mom and God speaks through your mom. You're like, oh, well, God doesn't really know. My mom doesn't really know mom. my mom. Doesn't matter. God still uses your mom. And so there's, I'm telling you, there's something, and for those of you that know, there's something about the, what the Holy Spirit does where he can use your mom. Sometimes they'll know things before that you, you even did them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll call you and be like, you're doing something you ain't supposed to be doing. You're like, how in the world you know that? What you talking about? Like, hey, hey, what's going on? Like, like you and you and Boo Boo, you know what I'm saying? You and Boo Boo, okay? Like you and Boo, like what are you talking? How'd you know this? God uses our parents to help us navigate. But here's what I know: if we're too prideful to think that God's only going to speak to us about us, we'll we'll miss His voice at times. And so I believe this: God's speaking to all of us. Every one of us in this room, everyone watching online, God's speaking to all of us. He is not desiring to. He is. God is speaking to all of us. Here's what it is. I want to be able to recognize his voice. Does it line up with the scripture? Is it making me more like Christ? Does godly counsel agree? If so, if so, if so, if these four, these three things, if these are them, I'm telling you it's God. Really, as crazy as this sounds, I've really set my life up like this. And all the major decisions I've made since I've been in ministry is have gone through this, this, this filter. This filter of, does it, does it make me more like Christ? This filter of, no one ever taught me this. I just kind of just was doing it. And no one ever realized. And it's like, okay, does it line up with Christ? Is it what Christ, is it line up with his word? Not only is it line up with his word, but okay, who are the godly counsel? These four groups of people God's placed in my life. Okay, does it line up with them? If so, then I don't have to question, God, is this you? Is this not you, God? I don't know. No, I'm stepping out in faith because I know God's co confirmed that in me. Now, it takes the doubt and the risk, it lowers the risk in my heart because I know God's confirmed it in others' hearts. And so now when I step out and I, I move to Tallahassee and went to start a church and we don't know a, a person, here's what it is. I can have confidence and boldness that God's with me and leading me and gonna continue to bless me. Why? Because I know God has confirmed it with his voice and those around me and his scripture and, and, and it also is making me more like Christ. All these things help me navigate his voice. You want to hear his voice? You got to recognize it. I encourage you. Oh my goodness, I encourage you. Let us be a church that desires to recognize his voice. That we would not be prideful enough to think that we, we have to hear him all for ourselves, but that we would desire for others to hear him, him as well for us, that we can continue to live and lead the way that we're called to lead. I would encourage you. Let us be a people that continue to pursue his voice. Amen. Can we pray today, Father?